Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right place if you're an agent, you're a team leader, you're a broker owner, and you're looking to work smarter, not harder. We're going to be sharing with you some practical tips today uh, on how you can do that. Uh, but before we get started, just a, a few reminders. If you have any questions, if you have any questions, please uh, shoot me a note, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group. If you have questions about today's podcast, today's guest, maybe questions that have come up from a previous episode, uh, we get a lot of agents that are hear hearing about our podcast now, and they're going back six months, a year, two years to previous podcasts. And so if you have questions about old podcasts, just let us know. And again, if you are getting value from this episode or previous episodes, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, without further ado, I'm really excited to have Reagan Mackey on today. Reagan is a, a top agent. Uh, she runs a very successful team uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. She's a Compass agent. And uh, so welcome, first off, Reagan. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell, tell us, uh, give us a little uh, background on you and uh, your journey and uh, to where you are today as an agent. And, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Atlanta real estate market. Sure. Well, um, I am 21 years into my career as a realtor, um, followed in my parents' footsteps and um, joined their team just probably two years into college when I got my real estate license and have um, just basically worked for myself ever since. Um, like I said, 21 years. So I have a sizable team under me now, um, powered by the Compass brand and am excited to be here with you today, Michael. Well, thank you. So you're, you're a, a top team leader here. Last year, you guys did uh, just about a hundred million in volume. So you're a real big producer, which is great. And uh, tell me a little bit about here we are uh, going into the fall of 2021. Tell us a little bit about what the, the market looks like currently uh, in Atlanta. You know, overall, would you consider it a buyer's market, a balanced market or a seller's market overall? We're definitely in a seller's market. Um, you know, when the coronavirus came about and um, we went through the pandemic of 2020, um, we thought that our business was going to kind of take a little bit of a, a, a halt and, and things. We didn't really know what 2020 was going to um, be like, but it ended up being one of our best years ever. And um, even with the lack of inventory, we were able to continue to sell real estate. Well, here we are you know, 18 months now since um, kind of everybody shut down. And we are seeing that about 50% less um, properties hit the market on a year-to-year um, -year basis from last year. And again, we were in a low inventory year last year. 
And um, so we are very much in a seller's market. We have never seen a market like this in the Atlanta market ever um, with regards to luxury. Luxury homes are flying off the market. I mean, we, we can't we can't find enough inventory. So um, very much in a seller's market here. Uh, and a lot of our colleagues, a lot of our guests I've had on have, have echoed a very similar message. Uh, not holding you accountable to the statistics, but if you had to uh, guesstimate, what, what's about the average sale price? Uh, you know, I know downtown is different than the suburbs. So let's talk with suburban market uh, numbers. What would you say is the average sale price uh, of a suburban house uh, on the market or? Yes. So average sales price used to be about 320, 330,000. We're upwards of 400 at the moment. So um, significant increase. We've seen 25 to 30% year over year increase in home prices in our market. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot to most people, but um, in our market, it has been one of the most affordable cities in the entire country. That's why a lot of people choose to call Atlanta home. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, so 25 to 30% uh, increase in the average sale price uh, across the country. We're seeing that as well. I know NAR just released some median average sale price. I think it was 26% increase. So uh, very uh, in line with what we're seeing across the country. Uh, Mel, we're, we're talking about, we use the term feeder markets, but where are people moving from to Atlanta, uh, you know, what are the top two, three, four cities or parts of the country that you're seeing people moving to Atlanta and where are they coming from? A lot of them are big city markets. Um, you've got California. Um, so whether they're coming from San Francisco or San Diego, or they're coming from New York or Chicago. So those three big markets is, is kind of what we're seeing people that again, want to have the big city lifestyle, um, be closer in a big city, but still um, be able to have an affordable living situation. And now that a lot of these companies are telling people, you don't have to come back to the office. You can really work remotely from wherever you want to be. Um, we're finding that Atlanta is, is a top choice for a lot of homeowners. You guys have state income tax in in Georgia. We do, unfortunately. Yeah, but how are your property taxes compared to your you're talking to other colleagues uh, that that you deal with? Property taxes are still relatively inexpensive, um, so that's one reason why you know people are are looking. It's it's a benefit, and um, in a couple of our counties, you do have a situation where seniors get exempted from school taxes. So um, that lowers those property taxes even more. Yeah, you mentioned California, New York, and, and, and Chicagoland, and those are, those are three high-tax states. And so that's a common theme. We're seeing a lot of people. I've had a lot of great friends and clients move out of the state to more tax-friendly states. So, um, so th thanks for sharing a little bit about you and a little bit about the Atlanta market. Um, you know, in a market where it's called a seller's market, where there's limited supply, uh, real estate agents, brokers are are looking to uncover potential listings, right? They, if if we can be top of mind awareness and we get the opportunity to potentially market a home before others, uh, a it's a way to differentiate, but b 
in a seller's market, there's a high probability that those listings will sell. Now, besides being a top agent, I, you and I know each other. I, I actually coach you and your team. And one of the things that uh, you brought up to me that you and your team are doing, which I thought is phenomenal, and that's really why um, I want to talk about in this next segment, is uh, is how to generate and how to differentiate it when inventory is really low. So, you know, some agents might, you know, send out mailers, hey, I have a buyer or uh, door knock and some of these other things that you might hear of in neighborhoods where maybe there's a, they have a buyer that's really looking in that neighborhood or that price point or that school district. Um, you, you know, shared something with me on one of our coaching calls that I was, I thought, wow, that's really cool. It's taking it to that next level. So I'm going to set the stage here for you. Uh, you know, let's just say you have a, a buyer looking at a home at, on, on one, two, three main street. And instead of just telling that seller that, Hey, I might have a buyer that's interested in your home at one, two, three main street. Why don't you tell people um, about what, what we've talked about in the past? Yeah. So, you know, being that we're a top producing team and we, we do a lot of listings here in our local market, oftentimes we get agents that call us and are like, you know, what coming soon inventory do you have in hopes that they can maybe slide their buyer into that property prior to it going on the market. And so I had this conversation with one of um, the agents who had called me and I had taken multiple listings last year in what was our former neighborhood where my husband and I um, owned a property. And I knew of a couple of coming soon listings where um, these people had told me, you know, when we get ready, we're going to list with you. Um, but they weren't quite at that point to where they were ready to list right yet. And so what I started thinking was, okay, if I have an agent or a buyer for that matter, who um, is ready, willing, and able, and they want to beat out the market, tell me what is your top dollar that you're willing to pay for a home in this general area, whether it's a specific subdivision or say in a school district, whatever it is, and I'll go find the property for you. And um, so it's funny, we're closing on a property in just two days um, for this same type of scenario where the buyer has told me, okay, I'm willing to pay X um, for a property. It doesn't matter the condition as long as the location is right for me and my family. Um, we're willing to pay this much money. And so what I would do is I would pick up the phone or send letters with an offer um, saying, here's an offer. Are you willing to take this amount for your property in its current condition? We can be negotiable on time frame for closing, post-occupancy. You don't have to worry about, you know, repairs or getting the house ready to be staged for showings. We're willing to pay this. And if you're good with this price, then we can work out all the other details. And um, so it just so happened that um, my husband had a friend who wanted a place at the beach in the same neighborhood that we were buying in or that we bought in. And I actually found um, him a property by implementing that exact tactic. So, you know, contract in hand, so to speak, literally, it's not pie in the sky. It's not theory. It's not, I might have a buyer. It's like, I have a contract right now. I have a ready, willing, able buyer. He's willing to close on terms and, and, and 
buy it as is and close at a price or close at a date that's you're comfortable with Mr. and Ms. Seller. That's basically it right there. Right. Uh, are yep. these, are most of these finance or most of them cash or a mixture? Well, it doesn't matter um, because you're not creating a multiple offer scenario. So it doesn't matter to the buyer or the seller if, you know, if you're cash or you need financing. As a buyer in today's market, you are having to get so creative and so, you know, tight on all the contingencies that you're putting in an offer. So due diligence, your free look period or inspection period, we're finding that buyers are waiving those periods of inspection or are super short timeframes that they have to get somebody in and ask for repairs if they can even ask for repairs. Two, financing contingency. You better make sure that your finances are in order and that you've spoken with the lender and they're confident that they can get you approved for your loan because those contingency periods are extremely short, if given at all. Appraisal contingencies, we're finding that buyers are having to waive appraisal contingencies, at least in our market, are having to either partner up with a cash resource um, that shows that they're a cash buyer, but have the right to go get a loan mm -hmm. or are having to do an appraisal gap. So if there is a difference in the sales price that you have offered on a property and the appraised value, we are seeing that some buyers are saying, I'll bring 25,000, I'll bring 50, I'll bring over a hundred, whatever the amount is, depending on how you know, hot that property was and how much the buyer wanted that property. We're seeing those appraisal gaps and those buyers coming to the table with cash to offset any of those appraisal gaps. So yeah. in this situation where we're literally bringing an offer to a seller saying, would you sell for this amount of money? You know, the buyer might be paying a premium. They might be paying more than, you know, what the home is worth. But it's incentivizing the seller to, yes, take their offer. So in the example that I just told you of this buyer buying at the beach, you know, they started second guessing themselves. Are we paying, you know, more than the home is worth? Well, you've asked a seller who was not even considering putting their house on the market to accept your offer. OK, two, they never hit the market. So you don't know what type of activity would have been generated when that property did hit the market. And you'd likely be found in a multiple offer scenario where you'd have to, you know, shorten all those contingencies, contingencies that we just spoke about. These buyers got a 10 day due diligence. They had no appraisal because they were cash um, and they were able to negotiate some repairs. So it was a benefit to them to be able to go forward and say, are you willing to accept this offer? And the sellers, they were just happy because they didn't have to hit the market. Right, right. They didn't have to deal with the stress of opening the door, stepping away, having, you know, no shows, putting lights on, people trapping right. in dirt, whatever it might be. Uh, it does seem like it could be a win-win. There's a lot of flexibility of, of both part, of parties. Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com where you'll find out more information about the Lux designation along with some additional resources. Again, I'll repeat, check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com. And now let's get back to the show. 
I want to come back to that appraisal gap conversation here in a little bit. Um, so they're really to, to, to uh, you know, review everybody, if you're just jumping on, you know, uh, Reagan Mackey here, top uh, producing team leader out of Atlanta. She's with Compass. Uh, I, I coach Reagan. She's awesome what she does. She's willing to try new things and uh, very aggressive. Her and her, uh, her husband, Cal, have really uh, built a great, uh, great team down there. Uh, so, and it's a seller's market in Atlanta. So, so she just shared with us a great technique on how to generate a, a transaction when a home's not even on the market. Um, and you brought up a term called appraisal gap, which I want to circle back with. Now, I've been coaching you since, for call it almost 10 months now. And we were talking a little bit offline. I would say, hey, what, what's one big thing that uh, you've gotten from coaching with me? And you, you shared a little bit about luxury and just kind of uh, mirroring and, and finding about resources. T talk to the, the listeners on uh, your experience. Um, again, you, you've sold million dollar homes before uh, coming to Michael Lofito. That certainly uh, isn't the case with some of our listeners. But in this case, you had sold luxury, but you were looking to do more consistent high end and luxury buyers and sellers. So share with everybody something that maybe uh, that you uh, learned through uh, our coaching. Yeah. So, I mean, 21 in the 21 years in the industry, um, I've sold my fair share of luxury real estate. Um, I'm just at the point in my career, Michael, where, you know, I've built a team and I have um, leveraged well, and I want to continue to provide an amazing opportunity for the agents that come alongside me and be able to give them um, some of the things that I'm still taking as personal production. So I am still an agent who is in production. Um, there's a lot of team leads that no longer produce, but I feel like I want to still be involved in the industry and in the market and be able to um, better myself for, you know, staying up to date on what's happening in the market. So the reason why I decided to, um, you know, align myself with your coaching was one, you, you came highly recommended um, by a good friend of mine. And secondly, um, you know, you can never, um, I, I, I would say you can never have too many tools in your toolbox. And so just by, you know, collaborating with you and understanding from, you know, a perspective that I don't have, I mean, you do way more luxury than I do and much higher end than I personally do. But my goal is, is to transition into so much a solely a luxury agent from the standpoint of listings. So if I had my way with, with how my career would um, evolve, it would be solely me working with higher end luxury clients and allowing my team, my amazing team who mentor and who work alongside me to be able to take care of the clients, um, past clients and clients that call in on our advertisements and stuff like that, to be able to help them at the highest level. So, you know, just understanding like what it is that you use to differentiate yourself, how I can differentiate myself from other agents in my marketplace and um, and then aligning myself with top producing luxury agents like yourself, Michael, um, has been a huge benefit. Well, I want to commend you, um, Reagan, because 
you know, a lot of times when I'm coaching agents or I meet agents that have been licensed five years, 10 years, 21 years, like you, you know, they're content. Um, but you have that drive, right? I mean, disc personality, we've talked about disc in the past, but you're definitely a D, you're a high D, you're driven, you're goal focused, and you're willing to uh, look at other resources, you're willing to, you know, be open to suggestions, which I commend you. And I'm, I'm sharing this and I'm talking to Reagan right now, but I'm talking to all of you because those are the attributes of a top producing agent. These are the attributes of agents that want to 10x their business. They want to scale their business as you are open to new ideas. You know, Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. So be open to them. And, uh, you know, you're coachable, but, but you're also, uh, you know, I, I know that you're self-driven and and I don't need to motivate you. So that that's the key too. Sometimes people sign up for coaching and they, they're expecting this easy button and they're expecting, you know, just through as, osmosis that they're going to increase their average sale price. But no, you have to implement and you have to show up. And uh, so I, I want to commend you on that. But as I'm commending Reagan, I'm also letting you guys know the the foundation, the blueprint to be successful like Reagan, because, uh, you know, it wasn't easy and she's invested in herself. So th thanks for uh, giving a little insight there, Reagan. And this last topic I want to talk about is this appraisal gap, uh, which probably going to be a great topic for my vlog. Okay. We can talk just about the appraisal gap. So I've seen, I've been on the appraisal gap when I represented the seller, when we were not hundred percent confident that the home would appraise. You talked about the appraisal gap when you represent a buyer, when you want to put an offer in as a buyer's agent, how can you get your, your, your offer to be chosen versus the other multiple offers? So why don't you talk first about the appraisal gap when representing a buyer, and then I'll talk about the seller uh, gap. Yeah. So when you have a situation and you're amongst multiple offers, I think it's very important for buyers to understand what it means to tighten up those timeframes and to waive um, contingencies. Um, it's super important for them to understand because you as their agent um, are, should be looking out for their best interest. And I always tell my agents, we have to educate our consumers or our customers and clients um, so that they feel empowered to make the best decision for their set of circumstances, because everybody is going to be different. So by educating them on what it means to waive an appraisal gap, we'll set them up to be able to make the best decision because not always um, are, are people able to do this, this, just something that another buyer did, or maybe they don't feel comfortable doing it, but by educating them about that process, they'll be able to make the best decision for them and they'll feel more confident in the transaction. So the appraisal gap simply means that a buyer is willing to bring an amount over the appraised value, not to exceed the sales price offered to the seller, and sometimes you can say, okay, well, we're going to waive our appraisal contingency altogether. And that just means that whatever price you've offered on the home, no matter what the appraisal comes in at, the buyer has the funds to bring cash to close to meet that sales price. So, so let's just use a $700,000 contract price. You're representing, a, 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 there's a home listed for 700. Let's just say you, you wrote an offer because it's a multiple offer situation of 800, keep it real simple. You, you went a hundred grand above asking price. 
waiving the appraisal contingency altogether yeah, means, hey, if I'm getting a loan, like cash is cash. So that, that's a simple answer. If you pay over right. and it's cash, no deal. But in this case, let's say there's a mortgage involved. The, the lender is going to have to appraise the home. Let's say the appraisal comes in not at 800, but it comes in at 700. In that scenario, if they waive the appraisal contingency, that buyer would have to bring another $100,000 cash to the table because the lender is not going to lend on that extra 100 grand, correct? That's right. So and be- you have to be very careful because in today's market, at least in our marketplace, you know, agents are pushing the values. So we're seeing that, you know, maybe the last sale was 675 not even 700. So if it comes in at 675 and you're under contract with no appraisal contingency at 800, you're bridging that gap by 125,000. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, appraisal gap, give me the scenario where you're not, you're not waiving the, you're not saying I'm, I'm waiving the appraisal contingency, but you put a, you put a stop on it, right? So I'm willing to go yeah. blank. Give it that example based on yeah, 700 so- and 800. Okay, so 700 is the list price, 800,000 is your contract price. You can go in and say, um, we are asking for an appraisal contingency of 21 days. Um, Buyer agrees to pay $25,000 over appraised value, not to exceed the sales price of 800. So if it comes in at 750, then your buyer is gonna pay 775, they're getting a reduction off the 800, but they have agreed to pay $25,000 more than the appraised value, not to exceed the Mm -hmm. 800,000. So that's very helpful. That's a big nugget that Reagan shared with you. You're you're looking for more tools in your toolbox when you go on a buyer's appointment, when you go on a listing appointment, Um, that that's really important. So our job as expert advisors, Okay, is to give options, to, to educate our client and let them make a sound decision. Not only differentiate you from the competition, but again, you've brought more value to the table. You've given them options. So that was a huge nugget. I'll share with you the appraisal gap on the sale side. True scenario. I just sold a home recently in Naperville, Illinois. It was the highest sale uh, in Naperville in 2021. Naperville is about 25 miles west of Chicago. This home... Uh, we were under contract for 2.4 million and the price per square feet was really high. And there, there's only a handful of $2 million sales in Naperville year in and year out. I was really worried about the appraisal price. This guy was getting a mortgage through guaranteed rate. And so I basically got them to not waive the appraisal, but to lower the appraisal amount. So I got them to lower it by 10%. So in this case, the home had to appraise at 2.16 million or more. So if it did, if it appraised at 2.2, he was still paying 2.4. He was committed to buying it at 2.4, but he had a 10. We, we produced a 10% buffer for my seller's peace of mind because in his mind, he had to pack the house. He was going to have an estate sale. He'd do all these things. He was very left brain analytical and wanted certainty in the transaction. He said, unless it's cash, and even if it's cash, there is no certainty until the closing, but we can build in this buffer. Now, if the home appraised below that 10% or below $2,160,000, then what would happen is we might have to renegotiate. The buyer would come down in price or the seller would, you know, that sort of thing. So in this case, it did appraise. 
a little bit lower, but, but above what we uh, built that gap. And so that's how you can do an appraisal gap when you represent a seller. You can negotiate that. The seller would have to bring the difference cash in the scenario there. So if it appraised at 2.2 million, guaranteed rate was only going to give a loan on 2.2, that seller would have had to brought 200 grand to the table in that scenario. So again, bringing more value, being able to articulate it, keeping it really simple so that your offer stands out when you represent a buyer. And when you represent a seller, you're thinking ahead, protecting your seller. So some really good nuggets on this, this, uh, this podcast today, Reagan, I, I greatly appreciate it. Tell me, Reagan, if somebody's got a referral down in Atlanta or they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? And, and uh, share that information if you want mine. Yeah. So um, I would love to take your call personally on my cell phone at 404-304-6452. Again, 404-304-6452. Or you can go to my website at reagan.mackey.com. Um, Reagan Sorry. Or, yeah, or my email is reagan.mackey at gmail.com. At reagan.mackey at gmail.com or check out reaganmackey.com. Uh, so that's R-E-G-A-N. M-A-K-I.com, ReaganMackey.com, uh, out of Atlanta. Wealth of knowledge. I appreciate your time today, Reagan. Thank you. Again, if you guys have questions for Reagan or you got questions about me and talking about the appraisal gap or some, something along those lines or pr perhaps a previous episode, please shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Always be you know, a learner, right? Success is a journey, not a destination. That's a big takeaway from today's podcast. You know, we had a hundred million dollar producer. She invested in coaching because she wanted to bring more tools to the listing appointment, bring more tools to the buyer's appointment. And you can learn from Reagan. Again, always be learning. Uh, again, if you guys have a topic you want me to cover in a future episode, shoot me a note. And if you got value from this podcast, leave us a like, leave us a review. If you are interested in hearing more about our services, you can go to LuxuryListingSpecials.com, LuxuryListingSpecials. That's our, our designation site. Check it out. Michael Lofito. Until next time, prove others wrong. Take care, everybody. Bye.